Welcome to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast, season two. Tune in every Thursday for captivating conversations about life, business, and magic. Created by a cosmic witch for the modern empowered woman seeking to craft a more magical lifestyle. But if you're not a woman, you're welcome too. I'm your host, Alexis Neve. Ready to live life limitless? Then let's dive in. So thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. And I'm really excited, especially because of the topic that we're going to be talking about. But before we dive into that, will you just say a couple of things about yourself so my listener who may not know who you are will get to know you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Angelica Krejci. And I am a Hades priestess and Hades devotee. I've been a witch for over 10 years. I'm based in Salem, Massachusetts, which is really fun and obviously like the hub of a lot of witchcraft in in, in the States. Um, and I'm an astrologer um, and I work most frequently um, with entrepreneurs, um, kind of helping them find their life purpose and execute that through their businesses. I, I work with and mentor a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs in particular, just because I, um, I've been doing this work for a couple of years now, and I just love helping other people that are coming into this work and sharing their gifts with the world. Thank you for that. Really cool. There are a couple of things I didn't actually know about you, but the very yeah. important one, Priestess of Hades, that's why you're here. Yes. And uh, I yeah. always pull a tarot card for the episodes to kind of like have an intention and sort of an idea. So when I was pulling, I was like, don't give me death. Because exactly, I, the last thing I want is the stereotypical Plutonian theme. Uh, uh, this mm -hmm. episode is going to be coming out just ahead of the Scorpio full moon in Taurus season. So I got the world. I thought it was really quite apt because the theme of the overall season of the podcast is working with light and shadow. And the reason mm -hmm. I asked you if you wanted to come on and talk to us about Hades is because I think there's like a bit of a bad rap that he gets as this dark figure because of the underworld mm -hmm. as being something scary for people unless they have as many Scorpio placements as I have. And so I wanted to kind of explore a new way of looking at things because I think it's not quite as black and white as we think. So absolutely, for taking a slight step back for anybody who is not very familiar with Hades, if you want to go ahead and just give us a brief introduction. Yeah, about Hades. Absolutely. So Hades is the 
um, god of the underworld and sort of the king of the underworld in the Greek pantheon and Greek mythology. Um, basically, his story starts with um, his brothers Zeus and Poseidon um, and, and, you know, his whole family, right? He's a son of Kronos or Saturn. And he was one of the last to be sort of freed from from Kronos because there's a whole story in Greek myth where Kronos is, is eating his children because he doesn't want to be usurped by them, essentially. And so Zeus um, frees his, his siblings and they all um, draw lots to figure out who's going to sort of rule different parts of the world. And Hades draws the underworld, which I think was really fitting for him. Um, and he becomes the the Lord of the underworld. So some people assume that he is, you know, like the God of death or, you know, the sort of like grim reaper, or I, I hear a lot, he's like the devil or he's like Satan or whatever. And he's, he's none of those things. He is, he doesn't even necessarily rule over like the moment of death or, or the act of death. He's not a psychopomp. He remains in the underworld, um, kind of delegating and acting as the king. Um, and he really cares about um, the legacy of every person and every soul because he just sees people come in and out of the underworld, you know, coming in and being reincarnated and, you know, so and so on. And I think he, as a deeply emotional kind of type of entity, which he really is. He has a lot of water, scorpionic energy within his archetype. Um, I think he really cares about if people are living up to, you know, what they what they wanted to do and if they're happy and all of these things. And so um, that's, that's who I am talking about when I talk about Hades. That's actually kind of like making me really emotional because I think that's beautiful. Uh, one thing that I find fascinating as someone who actually is German because uh, Italian heritage as well. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have it on my father's side. And so <laughs> the Roman side of things kind of met, uh, mixed up, if I understand it correctly, a few of the myths because that's how we get Pluto. Mm -hmm. And having the whole idea of wealth as being one mm -hmm. of the themes. And I always found that kind of fascinating. But what you were saying about ruling the legacy that, that we leave behind, that sort of, kind of, I think, ties into that. Is that something you kind of Absolutely. work with? Yeah. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I, I think it really does tie in because Hades is, I see him as a very watery entity and I see him as a very like earthy kind of god. Um, and so within that, you know, he he rules over the underworld, but he also rules over sort of like the the mantle of the earth, you know, um, the seat of the earth, which has, you know, all the precious metals and resources and all of these things. And so that is a big um, reason why he's associated with wealth. Also, you know, um, I believe that both in the ancient Greek world and in the Roman world, they wanted to talk more about his wealth archetype because they were kind of afraid of him mm. and respected him and didn't necessarily want to talk about his rulership over the underworld. They were like, let's just talk about money, <laughs> you know, like, um, but it definitely does relate to legacy in the sense, like I think about in astrology, Capricorn in the 10th house and the the archetype of that being about you know what you're doing what you're manifesting in the physical realm and how people are perceiving you and i feel like that really 
relates to um, that that sort of idea of Pluto. Um, another title that they often called the Roman version of Hades is they called him Dis Pater, which literally translates to rich father, which I think is hilarious. Um, and so it's sort of like that, you know, paternal, like, I want to help you. I want to come in and, you know, assist you with, with legacy, life, wealth, all of these things. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Especially I have Capricorn, Scorpio, Scorpio, my big three. <laughs> that's like, is that yeah. the first chart? But yeah, it's kind of interesting to me how you were talking about people being scared of looking at the god of the underworld because mm -hmm. i would think the way the underworld as i understand it in in the myth the greek and roman myth is not as scary as the view of the underworld i'm used to having been born like what 700 years after dante's divine comedy with two yeah. yeah i'm messing up the math but like the christian view of I mean, heaven and hell kind of seems scarier to me than wanting to kind of like work with death in the Greek context. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think the reason why they were very reverent <laughs> towards Hades and, and maybe feared him in the ancient pagan world is because death was just a very common thing. You know, like somebody is sick and they're, you know, like, there's a possibility, like a really poignant possibility that that member of your family could die, right? And so um, it's it's kind of different to how we see it now. And so I think that that is perhaps why they were so like worried about evoking him. They didn't want to say his name. They didn't, you know, want to do any of that because they were worried he was going to kind of come up and, and, and like snatch them, which is interesting because he doesn't, um, maybe other than his, his myth with Persephone, there, there's really no other instance where he's like coming out of the underworld and, and, and bringing people down. But um, it, it was just kind of not cool in the ancient world to, to work with him or to pray to him. It was like, you have so many other people to pray to. There's so many other people that you, that can be able to give you more. Um, and so I think for, at least that was the time that the, that was the thought at the time. And so um, yeah, it just like, he didn't really have many priests. Like I, you know, usually to one temple of his, which there were very little. Um, there was one priest that would work in the temple and that was it. And there was no major festivals for him. Um, so yeah, he just wasn't kind of part of the um, the the, the daily religious practice at the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Uh, I have two mm -hmm. possible directions to take the conversation now. And if we have the time, I'd like to circle back to the second one. But I'll give you the choice. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to talk about him and Persephone a little bit, since the theme of light and darkness, I think, really reflects also a, a part in the story and how he relates to Persephone as his wife. Or how do you... Well, if you want to talk about how you got into it or in general working with 80s in modern times mm -hmm. as uh, how that's changed yeah, absolutely so after you yeah we can <laughs> we can do a little bit of both um yeah i can talk a little bit about hades and persephone and and that connection and and i can also talk about how how i started to work with them okay up to you that whichever works. you want to go with first <laughs> yeah okay um <clears throat> let's see so well you know i'll start with me because um I feel like the way that I think about my relationship with Hades um, 
it maybe has parallels to the Hades and Persephone tale. So I'll, I'll kind of start with me. Um, so I was always really interested in paganism and witchcraft. And, and luckily I grew up near, I didn't grow up in Salem, Massachusetts, but I grew up um, kind of like in the greater Boston area. My, my mom's from the North end of Boston, which is like big Italian um, section. And, you know, we were, I, I, I describe as me as being raised like Catholic light. Like it was obviously very Roman Catholic, but my mom was um, really interested in paganism and witchcraft. And she was like the Stevie Nicks kind of witch. And um, so she really encouraged me to kind of explore different types of religion. And I never, um, I never really resonated with Catholicism um, in, really in a big way, apart from maybe like working with the saints, which I thought was really great, like the folk magic practices. Um, anyway, so um, I started to kind of go to Salem and like buy books and like go to lectures and things like that when I was a teenager, like kind of in high school still, but like teen. And um, I started to realize that there was this idea that you could have like a patron god or goddess. And I did not like the idea of having like a patron goddess for some reason. I just wasn't really interested in the divine feminine at the time. Um, and, and, and interestingly, that's been kind of a theme of my spirituality for up until this point. Um, only recently have I really started working with her. But anyway, um, I started to ask myself, like, who would my patron god be? And Hades was kind of the first answer to that question because I always loved his myth and I always loved him and Persephone. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I had all these, I used to have all these dreams about um, this man that I sort of assumed was Hades. I used to, I remember I had like a couple, you know, visions as a child of being in like a kind of like a lucid dream or like a sleep paralysis and seeing like this man that I would have, you know, later identified as Hades sort of standing over me and being there with me. So anyway, I started working with him um, because of that when I was around 15 or, or 16. And I loved his energy. I did a couple of spells with him just to kind of see what our relationship could be like and everything. I just felt like I was like a hero on this like archetypal journey. I, I felt like I was like Persephone kind of coming into his, into his domain because every working we did together just healed me and brought me deeper into, um, into that phonic realm. And it was, it was healing. It was a wonderful, um, at the time, interesting, interestingly enough with astrology, um, Pluto was, um, directly conjunct my ascendant. And then, um, my, my son is also in the first house. So it would have then been conjunct my son. And so throughout that process of Pluto sort of like kind of, um, coming through my first house, house of identity and my house of self, um, he really helped me heal a lot of things with, myself and my personality and my body and, you know, body image and lots of things I was um, experiencing at the time. And it felt very similar to how I view the myth of Hades and Persephone being this um, myth where he gives her this opportunity to kind of rise up from where she currently is, um, rise up out of, out of maidenhood and kind of come into the darkness as an initiation. And uh, it was, it was amazing. Wow. And Thank you very much for uh, sharing so many details about your story. It's always kind of really fascinating in hearing how everybody else feels about it because I 
came to it in the completely opposite way. Because <laughs> I got into paganism also from being raised Catholic with working with the divine feminine, because that's something I felt was really missing from my life. And I found your interview with um, Luna Serenova on her uh, podcast, that uh, bit, uh, Good Witch, Bad Bitch. I'm kind of missing. I listen to so many things. It's just like impossible to always keep track. Anyway, that was around the time that my marriage broke down. And Mm -hmm. so I felt kind of like, wow, and maybe it is a a good time to start looking at working with the divine masculine because obviously you you would think in a situation like that, it's very easy to slip into kind of like an I hate men kind of situation. So that's not when I found you. And then I realized, Actually, I should have actually seen it coming because I have Pluto conjunct my ascendant in my natal chart with conjunct the moon, all of the, all three. So that's a kind of an interesting thing. Looking back, I was like, okay, that looks like I've been claimed like 30 years ago. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's fascinating how we all come from different paths and always end up in the, in the same place. And also thank you for your part in bringing me here anyway that's kind of a little emotional but yeah I can kind of relate on seeing the parallel with how Persephone kind of went up from maidenhood to, to the dark that, mm-hmm. that's beautiful that's beautifully put uh do you want to add anything else to that on uh, and um, bring it forward yeah yeah Well, that's really cool. Um, First of all, I appreciate that you telling me that. Um, And yeah, I I just, I I am fascinated with the correlation like of your story and my story in astrology and how Pluto, the planetary body was, uh, you know, which kind of um, lines up with Hades in his archetype in a lot of ways, um, kind of helped us run through that initiation. And I think that, um, a implication of my work with Hades that I wasn't expecting. <clears throat> I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting like to really help other people um, process those moments in their life where they were going through like a big change, right? Um, or an underworld's kind of catabasis moment. Catabasis is the journey that you take into the underworld. Um, and it's interesting because in myth um, of variety of the heroes, you know, they have to kind of go into the underworld or near the underworld at some point in order to fulfill part of the myth, right? Heracles has to go into the underworld for his labors. Um, Odysseus has to, he doesn't necessarily go into the underworld, but he has to meet with um, Tiresias, who is a ghost essentially. And so he goes to the outskirts of the underworld and, you know, does this conjuration of Tiresias, which is so um, fascinating. And so it's, it's a part of the hero's journey. Um, it's a part of the, the journey of, of all people, I, I feel. Um, and that's something that I think is, I hold very dear to me because um, I know that there's so many other deities of the underworld and so many other thonic archetypes. Um, and I think that whatever you resonate with and whatever can kind of help you on your journey when you find yourself in the underworld, I think that's great. But um, I, I'm just happy that I, I've been able to share Hades' archetype and, and that's been helpful to so many people. And I think that that's why I wanted to share it about it in the first place. But um you know, you just, when you start doing work, especially work that feels very 
soul aligned and more of like, I just need to talk about this and I just need to get this out there. Sometimes you don't notice that or, or think that it's going to be anything or you're going to impact anybody. So it's very, very interesting for me. Yeah, no, that's great. So maybe if we can like move on a little, I'm conscious of your time. Um, since this episode is coming out ahead of the full moon I mentioned earlier, is there any easy way that people could start exploring the archetype and how to work with ADs if they want to work? directly with them or anything kind mm. of we're both witches so we, we we both know what kind of things they are but i think a fair amount of my audience are actually new to the practice so yeah for sure guidance yeah. on that yeah absolutely and i think hades is a great deity to work with if you haven't worked with deity before um and he's and he's great if you have um i just know a lot of people and myself included that he was kind of the first one and, um, and it, and it was great. And so how I would recommend working with Hades, um, <clears throat> I really think that just creating a practice of working with him and honoring him is really important. So, um, I am a big fan of prayer. I, I love prayer. It's, it's how I connect with really all of my deities. Um, I've had times in my life where I've had altars, where I haven't had altars um, due to travel and living in other areas and stuff like that. But no matter what, throughout that whole experience, um, the thing that has connected me the most to my deities has definitely been praying to them or just talking to them, just sort of inviting them into your world and your life. Um, Hades always says to me, like he always gives me the message. Um, I can't help you unless you ask me for help. Like I, you need to sort of invite me to assist you. And, and I think that, you know, for most pagan personified deity, that that's sort of the case um, in spirit guides and all sorts of entities. It's sort of like you need to ask them to be involved. And so just like talking to them when you're driving or when you're walking or doing like daily tasks that you would normally do, but just inviting your deities into them. So I like to walk around town and, you know, hold maybe like prayer beads that I have for Hades in my hand and pray to Hades while I'm doing that, or just walk and in, in, in my head, I'm sort of talking to him or I'm asking him questions. Um, you, if you're, you know, if maybe you don't, um, feel like you have that psychic connection yet, you could always use tarot or another divination form. But just talking to Hades or whoever you're looking to work with, I think is going to be the best way to open up that connection. And it's very simple and it's very easy. Um, it doesn't need to be like this ceremonial <laughs> evocation event, which I think has its time and its place. But um, just being casual yet reverent and respectful and being curious, I think, really works for Hades because, like we said in the earlier part of the episode, like he hasn't been really worshipped even in the ancient world. Like he's just kind of been there and he has his role, but everybody else kind of gets the love and support and he doesn't. And so if you show him love and support, he's very likely going to respond to you um, if he feels like he can help you. And that's definitely something, too, where, you know, certain deities sometimes are just not right for you and they'll let you know, right? It doesn't have to be this like, oh my God, should I reach out to Hades? Like, is he going to not like me? They'll let you know, right? If they're not the right fit for you. And it's really simple and it's really easy. 
Thank you. That's actually given me some ideas because I tend to add it or probably still like the remnants of being raised Catholic. I'm always thinking everything has to be like very big and ceremonial and yeah, mm-hmm. so kind of that's interesting that you actually just have this very quick connection like that without having to go through. I <coughs> sorry, I really kind of overuse the meditation you had in the bundle because that's kind of I, I found it really helpful for me to kind of just like have like a date night of sorts. It's kind of like setting that time aside. I never really thought about having something more day to day. Yeah. And I think that that meditation, um, where like, it's like the journey to the underworld and you're spending, you know, 30 minutes with Hades in his domain. Um, and I think just meeting with him in his domain and going to the underworld, traveling there, journeying there can be really powerful and and it can be really healing. And there's, there's so much there. Um, and I like to do that. I would say at least every couple months or, um, maybe I like to spend certain holidays, um, like Samhain or, you know, Halloween, doing that um, and, and traveling, you know, when the veil is sent to the underworld um, or whenever you feel like you need to. But then that daily or weekly sort of casual connection um, is is so powerful. And even, you know, when we think about how the ancients would have worshipped um, and, and would have worked with deity, you know, maybe it wasn't for Hades necessarily, but they personified everything in the world, like the door and like the walls and like your cups and like everything was kind of animated. And they assumed that like, like hands of deities were involved in every aspect of the day-to-day life, right? Anything that was um, mercurial, like a, like a doorway or, you know, um, like a doorknob or any sort of threshold would have been for Mercury or, Mercury or Hermes. And so they would basically like say a little prayer to Mercury's whenever they, Mercury, whenever they walk through the door. Um, and so that has been a part of sort of the Hellenic pagan tradition for, for quite a while, just being ca- sort of casual and bringing the reverence into the daily life. Yeah, thank you for that as a kind of, um, well, we're nearing the 25 minutes. Is there anything else you'd, like to talk about because if you give me freedom I'd go keep you here until you have to go yeah Yeah. absolutely um so let me see um well you know something that is coming soon for me I have like a kind of a couple offers that are um happening in my world and my business right now um and so I currently just just opened a couple weeks ago, probably when this comes out, um, an astrology program. Um, it's a year length program where you can come and learn. It's Hellenistic astrology. So ancient astrology. Um, and we're looking at it through the lens of self-development, um, which I think astrology is so incredible at helping us with. I think even talking about like the way that Pluto was affecting our ascendant and what it did in our, our lives is so interesting to me. And that's what we do, um, in my program, it's called the success circle. Um, and then if you, you know, I, I said at the beginning, I love working with entrepreneurs and Hades, um, you know, has, has been helping me realize this about myself. I am a very Capricorn person, like major Capricorn energy coming, coming over here, like hardcore. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, part of what 
he loves to do with people's legacy and loves to do with people's lives is he kind of helps to illuminate, you know, some of the things that you're meant to do and meant to teach on and meant to help with. And so, um, you know, that's what I feel like my work with um, entrepreneurs really, really is about, as well as just helping people in general come into the idea of manifesting their own legacy. I think both, both sides of of what Hades has taught me really impacts my work. Um, but I am starting a new um, five-week program. Um, it's going to be called World Building. And uh, it's basically about how to craft um, a spiritual business or, you know, create some higher income months in your spiritual business in order to sort of like build out the foundational world of what you're creating in your business and your life purpose. So it can support you, right? So you can step into this work more full time. Um, and so that will be a five-week course that is coming out pretty soon. Well, that's exciting. <clears throat> also, I feel like my allergies are kind of playing up and it's like all the time. But anyway, no, that's amazing. <laughs> I actually look forward to seeing all of that coming in the next few weeks from the time we're actually recording a bit ahead of when we're scheduled to have the episode out. But, Thank you. So any final thoughts on what you absolutely want people to know about ADS before we wrap up? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I want people to know that Hades is a, like, he's like a spirit of the earth, right? He is a god of just all of the the earthy things. And he's like of this world, right? Um, he's He's of this realm. And I think sometimes when people think about Hades, they think about... Uh, a bunch of other things, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's all these other connotations, right? And Hades is just so powerful because of his deep connection to our world, our paradigm, this earth, the emotions and grief and experiences that we have as humans. Um, and I think it's kind of a sad thing that people didn't work with him or worship him ever before, really up into this modern age, now that everybody's really interested in him, because, you know, he can give you so many gifts in the form of understanding yourself and moving through the human experience. And I just think he's such a, a, a teacher and he's so kind and so stoic and, and grounding. That's kind of what I'm trying to say here. And I just feel like I wish more people understood how um, much of a wonderful teacher he was about the human experience. That's something I can't actually match up. That's perfect. That's a, I really <laughs> feel the same sentiments, which is why I asked you on the show. And I really appreciate you coming and sharing your knowledge. It's very deep. And I wish you all the best with the project coming up. And I look forward to being able to link to everything that we discussed in the show notes. So I'll be talking to you soon about that one. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm gonna. Oh.
Thank you for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you being a part of this community. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving it a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify to help me reach more people who would love it too. You can also email me with your questions and comments at starryskypodcast.gmail.com. Subscribe to my monthly newsletter, Witchy Musings, on Substack, or find me mostly lurking on Instagram at thisisalexisneve. Thanks to Jenna Sword for the cover art and Papa Planet for the music. Until next time, keep living in wonder.